Hey friends, I want to tell you something. Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. And so am I. Where my Target mama's at? Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs, like myself. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target, from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself in joy and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure to learn more. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Sheree Sims. My mic sounds funny. I feel like you guys can hear all the spit in my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, as always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. This is something that I do with my own family at dinner time. It allows us a little peek into their day. A little window um, opens up for a conversation, learns about what they like, what challenges they're facing. Uh, and since y'all are my family here on these podcast waves, I like to do it with you too. So the pit of my day was that I didn't pack lunch today and I went to Carl's Jr. to get my children and myself lunch. Y'all, it was $71 at Carl's Jr. Why, why ever should I pay $71 to drive through somewhere and then have to pull over to the side to wait for my order only to not get my full order at the end? I just, if I'm paying $71, I want to sit down somewhere. I want a nice drink. I want a nice ambiance. Like I want the low lit lights, something warm. I want a steak. $71. I want the whole experience. I don't want to be in my car with children who are hungry and screaming. <laughs> they weren't screaming. But like that's, that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Fast food has really like tricked me because I feel like I remember it used to be cheap and that's why we go there sometimes. It's not cheap and I'm mad at it. So anyways, that was the pit of my day. The peak of my day was going to the pool. Y'all know it's still summertime. I'm still at the pool every day, but today we went for <laughs> rec swim. So it wasn't just classes. It was like getting in the water and playing. And so I played with my children and at, even though I'm here telling y'all about parenting and stuff, I don't always do all the things I say to do. So today was one of the days that I did the things that I say to do. And I actually got in the water with my children, played with them. We played Marco Polo. We played tag. And it was a lot of fun. I felt like a kid. Like I, I was actually having fun. I didn't feel like I was just doing the thing to entertain them and keep them happy. I was actually enjoying myself as well, which I often do in water because I am a water baby. Um, and the other thing I'll say is y'all listen to the episode. I hope you did. If you didn't go back and listen to it where we talked about slow to warm children. And I told y'all about my son who needs me to get in the water with him every time. These past two weeks, my son has gotten in the water by himself every single time talking about look at me, mommy, kicking on his kickboard, kicking his legs. And he's just the cutest thing. Him and Matilda are so cute in the water together. They still are two totally different people that swim completely different. I just love, I just love them. And I love watching them. And I love even more being able to watch them from the side, being dry, being able to take pictures rather than having to be in the water with them. So that was, that was the peak of my day, being in the water with them, playing Marco Polo. But today I want to talk about 
kind of what happened after the pool. So we get out of the water, we go into the locker room to change, and I'm in the locker room and I hear this kid like screaming bloody murder in the shower. He's falling out, which of course, like this sounds normal to me, right? We're at a place where there are kids and moms and families. And so you're bound to hear somebody falling out at some point in time, somebody yelling at their mom. And this child was yelling at his mama, talking about, no! And he was not ready to get out the shower. He did not want to get dressed. She had to go in there, uh, get him out the shower. He was yelling about the towel. He was mad. You know, it was one of those things where the mom kept saying, like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you need? Is this what you want? You want the towel? And he's like, no, towel, no, towel. And she's like, you don't want the towel or you do want the towel? Gives him the towel. He throws the towel. She moves the towel. He grabs the towel. So it was like this battle of her really trying to figure out what he wants. Then he gets the towel. He's still mad. He walks over to like the bathroom stalls. She's like, do you need to use the bathroom? He's like, no. He walks away from the bathroom stalls. He gets his clothes. He throws them on the floor. And it was just one of those moments where, you know, I wanted to put up my hands like in in the mockingbird and be like, like I felt for this mom. (laughs) Y'all know when you see the mom and you're just like, I, I'm here with you. (laughs) And I wish I knew her so I could be like, how can I support you right now? Because I see that you need it. And, and it's one of those moments, you know, the mom is trying to keep it together because she knows people are watching. And at this point, like, I don't know where the PSA is. Maybe it's right here. But like moms, we all know all we've all had that day, that moment, That child, like, you don't have to worry about being embarrassed. I personally don't think, because I know, and I'm not judging you. I've been there. I know it's not you. I know it's them. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about that today. These are some of the things that I notice when I see this, is we often think that sometimes our children are having a tantrum, right? And we don't realize that our child is in the midst of a meltdown, And there's a big difference between a tantrum and a meltdown. And I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot. So I want to talk about it a little bit today. A tantrum usually serves a purpose. A tantrum is usually because they did not get their way. They're trying to get their way. They want to go somewhere, whatever it is. And so a tantrum, usually like we can figure out the why behind the tantrum. A meltdown is when our children are just completely overstimulated. Their sensory system is on overload and it's causing a complete meltdown. And that's when we have those moments where we're like constantly asking, what do you want? What is it that you want? You want this? No, you don't want the towel. Okay. Do you want a snack? No, you don't want the snack. Okay. Do you want me to pick you up? No. Do you want me to hug you? No. And it's just this back and forth of like, I want a hug. I don't want the hug. I want the towel. I don't want the towel. I want the food. Throws the food against the wall. And meanwhile, you're trying your hardest not to lose your stuff with this child, right? So this is usually when you see a meltdown. Now, there can be several reasons for a meltdown. Sometimes there are developmental issues or something else going on with your child that causes meltdowns um, in moments that we can't really predict. And if you pay attention, you can eventually start to kind of notice what their triggers are and kind of try to predict it. But so for some children, you know, your neurodiverse child, there may be something more causing their meltdowns. But for a typical child, usually things like going to the park, going swimming for rec swim to have fun and play Marco Polo, going to 
an outdoor movie night, right? I love UCLA lately has had these outdoor movie nights. I love them, but they're like a big carnival. There's free popcorn there. There's cotton candy. There's games. There's the actual movie. And there's tons of people there. This happens at birthday parties. And you'll notice that this usually happens at a place where all of your senses are going to be extremely stimulated and over heightened. So if you're at home, or you're at school, you're at these places where you're used to it. There's a consist there's a consistency there. There's the norm there. You kind of know and recognize all of the sounds there, even in a classroom, right? You're used to the same 20 friends and what they sound like. You're used to your teacher and what she sounds like, what she or he looks like. You're used to what the classroom looks like. When you go to an outdoor event, whether it's a birthday party, a park, swimming, whatever it is, you usually have an influx of totally new sounds. So you have new people, you have people eating sometimes, and like we don't even realize all of the sounds that our children are noticing. If you were to stop right now and just take a moment to like listen to the sounds around you, you're going to probably notice about five sounds that you just weren't even in touch with that you didn't notice were happening in the moment. But for a child, they usually pick up on all these different things. So whether the streets sound different or the people sound different, or now all of a sudden you have a lifeguard yelling, walk, like all of these things are different for them. So their sense of sound is stimulated and heightened above their regular stimulation. Now they're in a place where They see new people, they see a diving board, they see water, there are different signs. So their sense of sight, because remember, our children are also very observant, very curious. The world is still new to them. They're still taking everything in. So even simple things like where the lifeguards store the toys and store the kickboards, that is a new thing that's most likely not some type of shelf that's in their house. It's not in their school. So it's something new to them. And whether or not they tell you, hey, look at that bin over there, they're noticing it. So even their sense of of sight is stimulated, if not overstimulated, because they see new things. Then they're in this place where people are bringing in different foods or wearing different colognes. So they smell things that they don't typically smell in the house or in the car or at school. So their sense of smell is overstimulated. So you look at all of these things, our different senses, sense of hearing, sense of sight, sense of smell, sense of touch, sense of taste. And usually all of these things are different than the norm even for us today and my $71 at Carl's Jr. (laughs) Clearly my surprise at $71 at Carl's Jr. means that I'm not going to Carl's Jr. every day and my children are not eating Carl's Jr. every day. So even when we're going out to be somewhere, whether a park or a beach, usually we're eating different things too. I know some of us are smart and pack lunches. I think you should. I absolutely think you should pack what you have in your house so you're not spending $71 at Carl's Jr., And clearly, Carl's Jr. is not sponsoring this episode. (laughs) Um, But when we're out, we're usually eating things different, seeing different things, hearing different things, smelling different things. And so when we're done with all of that, like we've just gone from 200 to zero in a moment. And so it's kind of like being high off of a party or being high off an event. And now there's this major come down. And it's not a regular like we're playing in the backyard and now it's nap time. This is a huge come down. We have just stimulated every single one of their senses. We have most likely overstimulated every single one of their senses. And 
Now they have to come down from like 200% of super fun to back down to like regular, I'll say zero, but whatever balanced is, right? Whatever regulated is. And that can be extremely hard. And it's even harder because now they've also exerted a lot of energy. It's like they're tired and they're probably hungry on top of everything else. So they really don't even have the physical, mental capacity to deal with this now overstimulated body and trying to regulate it. And so a lot of times, like we as parents, we're like, we're going to go out and we're going to make all these fun memories with our children. And then these fun memories end up like not fun at all. And every time we're like, why did I do this to myself? I'm not going out anywhere ever again with them. Y'all don't know how to act right. (laughs) Y'all better get it together. We are not going back to another beach or park. We are not going back to another festival. I am not taking you out to another restaurant. Side note, me and my husband ban restaurants between nine and 18 months with every child. We're not doing it anymore. We learned with babies one, two, and three, which seems like we should have learned with baby one, but we don't do restaurants between nine months and 18 months anymore. But anyways, we tell ourselves like, I'm going to go do this fun thing. We're going to build memories. And then it is not fun at all. And we're like, why do I continue to do this? And we do it again. And again, we're like, I don't know why I continue to do this. Now, I don't know why y'all continue to do it. I can tell you why I continue to do it. I do it because I realize that for my children and for myself, the goal is to create fun memories. I want them to have memories of a fun summer at the pool at UCLA Outdoor Movie Nights. And when I think about the goal, we met that goal. Even with the meltdown at the end of the night, we met the goal of making fun memories. And I'm well aware that most likely my children are going to grow up and remember going to outdoor movie night. They're going to remember going to the pool and playing Marco Polo with mom. They're not going to remember acting crazy in the car. (laughs) They're not going to remember walking around the locker room, yelling at their mom, talking about, no, I want the towel. I don't want the towel. I want the snack. I don't want the snack. Those aren't the memories that they're going to have. They're going to remember having fun. So for me, I continue to do it, but I don't like, I don't do it saying, okay, I'm going to go give them great memories and I'm going to have a really bad time at the end, right? I kind of go and prep myself for the fact that I know we're going to have a meltdown. I know this is going to be overstimulating for them. So what are the things that I can do to not avoid the meltdown? Because the meltdown is going to happen. It's kind of inevitable, inevitable right? Can y'all tell I hang out with four-year-olds all day? (laughs) It's inevitable. (laughs) Um, It's kind of inevitable that they're going to have the meltdown. So rather than trying to figure out how to avoid the meltdown, which that could be possible, like maybe you pay more attention to at what point they start to get really tired and try to take them earlier. But the fact of the matter is once they're having fun, I don't think it matters whether you take them, you know, if you're there for an hour, if you take them an hour or at an hour and a half, like most likely they're having a lot of fun. They're overstimulated. The meltdown is still going to happen, whether you're having the fun for an hour or an hour and a half. So instead, I try to prep myself for the other things I can do. And number one, I start with prepping myself. Like I have to prep myself mentally, realizing I'm going to go, I'm going to make this fun memory. We're going to do this fun thing. And they may very well have a meltdown at the end of it. So I'm going to be prepared to deal with that mentally. 
But it doesn't end there, right? I'm not just like, I'm going to prepare for it. And that's it. There was a mom who asked me recently, like, okay, so is that all you do? Do you just prepare for it? And then they have the meltdown and you just kind of sit there calmly and drive home as they have the meltdown? The answer is yes and no. (laughs) Yes, in that when they start the meltdown, sometimes I will just sit there quietly for a moment and remind myself they are safe. This is not an emergency. And recognize the fact that sometimes like our children scream and they cry and it has a visceral response in our bodies that tell us like, you got to move right now. And we're programmed that way. It's actually a pretty amazing thing, I think, if you think about it. Like our bodies are programmed to respond to our children's screams and their cries. It triggers that fight or flight response. And it's supposed to do that so that we can take care of our children, right? And keep them safe and keep them clean and fed and happy and all those things. So I think it's phenomenal that it works that way. But as our children get older, their screams don't mean the same thing. Their cries don't mean the same thing. Like, it doesn't always mean that they're in danger. It doesn't always mean that they are not safe, right? Sometimes it's just their way of communicating with us. It is a signal that something is going on and they need support, but it's not always like an immediate emergency. And so I have to remind myself of that. And doing that does a couple of things. One, it gives me a moment to take a breath and be able to respond to the situation rather than just react to the situation. Because anytime that I react to a situation, I'm bringing back all of the generational cycles that I've been trying to break, right? So I need that moment to be able to respond rather than react. The other thing that it does is that it teaches my children that their big emotions, their negative emotions are not scary ones. Like if I can be, I won't, I won't say comfortable, but if I can be okay with it, they can be okay with it. And what I mean by that is that when they grow up, they don't become people who try to people please or try to make decisions based on other people's comfort level because they have learned that their discomfort is enough to guide them to do whatever they need to do. And I'm not sure if that fully makes sense. So maybe I'll talk about that more in another episode. But that is the first thing I do is I pause. I give myself a moment. I say it's not an emergency. I'm okay with their screaming for a minute. I want them to see that I'm okay with their screaming for a moment, not in the sense of telling them that it's okay to scream, but like, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be disappointed. These feelings are okay. They're not feelings we have to be afraid of. They're not feelings we have to run from. They're not feelings that we have to shut down right away. They are feelings that we can work through to find the most positive way to manage them and move forward with them. Hey friends, I want to tell you something. Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. And so am I. Where my Target mama's at? Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community, to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs, like myself. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target, from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself in joy and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure to learn more. The next thing I try to do is I, I consider the fact that 
the meltdown that they're going through is a sensory thing in their body. This is not a cognitive thing of just, I don't want to leave and I don't want to stop having fun. It is actually their body's sensory system being overstimulated and overwhelmed. So I try to tend to the sensory system. And I do this by trying to take breaths. Now, I will tell you that today on our way back from swimming, well, we went swimming, had Carl's Jr., went to the park, and then headed home. And Matilda... (laughs) (laughs) Y'all knew she was coming up today. Uh, Matilda had a meltdown. She wasn't ready to leave the park. When we got in the car, she, you know, she wanted all these different things. She wasn't ready for it. So I said, Matilda, I can't understand you. And I really want to hear what you're saying, but I need you to take a breath. And she's like, no, you can't understand me. You know what I'm saying. And I was like, oh, Lord, I actually can understand that, but I don't want to. And I don't want her to keep talking that way. So I tell her again, Matilda, please try to take a breath. She literally refuses. She's like, I don't want to take a breath. I don't want to calm down. You know what I'm saying. You know what I want. So this is where I kind of have to try to move into play with her. And so I put up my fingers and I'm like, Matilda, she's sitting two rows behind me. I still didn't move her. I actually did move her today. But she's sitting two rows behind me at first. And I say, Matilda, do you see my fingers? Pretend my fingers are the candles. Can you blow out the candles? And then she's like, she thinks about it. And then she tries to blow out one candle. I'm holding up five fingers. She blows out one. And I'm like, good job. And then I get excited. And she's like, oh, no, I see what you're doing. And I'm not here for it. I told you I'm not taking these breaths. I'm not calming down. So she continues to have her meltdown. So then I end up like filling my Starbucks cup, which I drank all the Starbucks out of. I fill it with water. I put the straw in it and I hand her the cup and I say, Matilda, do you know how to blow bubbles in here? Can you fill this whole cup with bubbles? Because I put a little bit of water in there. And so I hand her the cup. And again, she's like, no, I don't want to. She's kind of like, I see what you're doing. And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll leave the cup right here for you when you're ready. So maybe five seconds later, she picks up the cup. She tries to blow bubbles. She gets very excited about the bubbles she's blowing in the cup. But what she's actually doing is breath work, right? She's taking deep breaths in to try to blow the bubbles. And then she's blowing out hard to actually blow the bubbles in the cup. But this is regulating her system because she's actually doing breath work right now. But I've turned it into a game where she thinks it's fun and she thinks she's just blowing bubbles in the cup. Then I ask her, can you make the sound that the cup is making with your mouth? And then so she tries and she starts going, right? And now she's vibrating her lips, which vibration is, it stimulates the sensory system. So I'm finding ways to speak to her actual sensory system and start to re-regulate it. Another way that we could do this is if maybe I parked the car a little further, or if I just said, let's take one walk around the park before we walk to the car, because walking is rhythm. Walking is regulation. So when you think about regulating the body, when you think about the nervous system, think about things that are rhythmic. And always remember that rhythm is regulation. So whether that's movement breathing, a chant of some sort, like maybe they have a favorite nursery rhyme that they like, maybe there's a song that they like. Um, But these are all tools that I use to try to help regulate their nervous system when they are overstimulated to make our drive home a little more pleasant than them just screaming. And so with Matilda today, she did the bubbles in the cup. She did the bubbles with her mouth. Then she was willing to take a few breaths. We put on a song that she liked to listen to, and she literally fell asleep on the way home. Some other things you can do is kind of prep for 
not necessarily prep for the meltdown, but prep for like the come down and what else you can do. So by that, I mean, sometimes let's say the outdoor movie night. I don't usually give my children phones and tablets, not in the car. I like them to play with each other. I like them to talk to each other. But in this case, knowing she's going to have a meltdown on the way home because it's 10 p.m. and she just had a lot of stimulation, I'm going to have the tablet ready in the car so that she can play puzzles or she can watch Netflix on the way home because I know she's going to avoid the meltdown if she has the tablet, right? And I want to talk about screen time in another episode so desperately. So save your judgments, save your opinions on me giving her a screen. I gave her the screen because that's what we needed on the way home at 10 p.m. Um, Some other things I might do are, let's say we're at the pool and I know it's going to be nap time. I might actually bring their like pajamas with me or something, right? Like I'll bring the food to make sure we have lunch at the pool, have them shower at the pool, put their pajamas on at the pool so that when we get home, if they fell asleep in the car, I can just put them right into the bed. Or if it's later at night, I might even bring their toothbrush with us. So I'm kind of thinking ahead of like, what is going to happen? They might have a meltdown. They might fall asleep in the car. When I get home, I'm going to want to put them in the bed. How can I do this and still meet my need for them being clean, having their teeth brushed, you know, missing the nighttime routine, but still kind of incorporating the nighttime routine. And I'm leaving this a little open-ended because these are the things where I think it's important for us to reflect and look at our own values, our own needs, and our own routines within our house to brainstorm them, right? Like giving your child a cup of water and telling them to blow bubbles, that's not a tool that I learned in a class. It's not a tool that I read in in a book. It's something I literally came up with in the moment, in the car, knowing that my goal was to get her to breathe, because I needed her to breathe to regulate her body. So I'm creatively trying to find ways to get to access the nervous system. Bringing pajamas is not a tip or a tool. It's just something that I use, knowing that when we get home, they might be asleep and I want to put them in the bed. So think about what you need and then think about creatively, like, how do we get there? I think it was last week we talked about playing games with our children that teach them that there's more than one way to solve a problem, right? So it's the same thing for parents. Like we have a problem and there is more than one way to solve the problem. So think about what you want the solution to be, similar to how our goal is to make happy memories, right? So we make the happy memories, we make the few sacrifices, and then we think of a multitude of possible solutions that we can use that work best for us to make it a happy memory, a happy day, and deal with the meltdowns and the stress that it causes on us. So I hope that helps somebody today. (laughs) If y'all have something that you want me to talk about in the future, please DM me. I love to build this show with you guys, and I want it to be beneficial to parents. So I want to know what y'all want to talk about. I want to know what challenges you're facing or what works for you, right? So DM me on Instagram at Sharice Sims. Uh, You can also DM Black Love at Black Love, or you can put a comment right here in the podcast comment section, or we have a Google form that you can fill out, which is in the show notes. So that's probably the best way because our producer Crystal will get that and she's very organized much more than me. So she will make sure that I see it. Um, But yeah, do that. Be a part of the show. Help us all learn and grow together. Uh, And your homework this week is to think about one tool you can use for each of the senses when they get in the car. 
Maybe you have some oils that they can smell. Maybe you have something they can fidget with. Maybe you have something they can watch. Maybe you have something that they can eat. Maybe you have something they can listen to, right? I kind of cheated and just gave y'all some super clues. So please share with me the tools that you come up with so that the next meltdown you face, you are prepared. And again, when you think about regulation and specifically regulating the sensory system, think about all of your senses, your five senses. Uh, And I hope y'all have a great week and I will see you guys next time. Peace, everybody. Peace, everybody.